0: actually not the first time. We've done this a lot. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, we have, because we're here. We're in the studio, i.e. my kitchen. It's a beautiful kitchen, by the way. Thank and you. a beautiful studio. Small but functional. If this looks good, it's because this man made it look good. That's why. Preach. Preach. And who is this man? Who are you?
1: What's up, everybody? My name is Ryan J. Whitehead. I'm,
0: I was going to say Ryan J. Whitted. I just want to be you deep down and say, I'm Andrew Fantasia, I'm not Ryan J. Mm-hmm. Uh But this is Infinity Rewatch, and we just saw Eternals. The,
1: the Eternals. Is it is it just Eternals or The Eternals?
0: It used to be The Eternals, and yeah. then they changed it, they're like, it's just called Eternals now, I guess the word the isn't cool. It
1: isn't popular anymore. Uh,
0: like, I was. I've watched uh, the movie Color Out of Space last night, based on the, the, the uh, Lovecraft short story, but oh, the short yes. story is called The Color Out of Space. The word the is not cool anymore, kids. No. That's what your grandma says. It's for boomers. <laughs> boomers use the we get right to the point.
1: It's just journals <laughs> And here it is. Now, I'm going to say this movie is an interesting pill to swallow. It's, it's very complex. I think this is Marvel's most unique and experimental approach yet. Um, and I, I'm strictly talking about storytelling in this one. Uh, I think going, I want to, the one thing I wanted to talk about with this film is I want to talk about, first of all, going into the, I want to talk about specifically going into this film, like legit seconds before we sat down and like we're seeing Eternals going into the movie theater. I have only seen the one trailer and I saw one clip and it was just like a random, it was the, it was the, it was the Bollywood scene. Oh, okay. And it was just that one clip. So I had, like, little to no expectations for this film. Because, first of all, as a comic book fan, I don't know the Eternals all that well. They're a very complicated story. Uh, They did have a resurgence in Mm -hmm. 2010-ish. And, like, they had a whole big thing about that. Uh, But I find their storytelling very complicated. And they did have a lot to do in the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, in terms of just the Eternals and Deviants and all that stuff. Okay. But this time around, yeah, I'm I'm going in here with very, very little equipped. Very little equipped for a Marvel movie like
0: this. Same. I don't know Jack about the Eternals. Uh, one of them could be named Jack for all I knew going into it. Uh, All I knew was it was a Kirby thing. Hey, there's your Jack. It was a Kirby thing and it was cosmic. That's Mm. literally all I knew. Uh, and that some people were really, really big and they had a lot of eyes. So, I was, uh, what I liked going into it was I liked, I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, you know, with a Spider-Man movie, good or bad, you, you know what you're getting when you get into it. He's going to be in New York for a bit and probably shoot a web at somebody. Um, it, with Eternals, I was completely just outside of my element. I'm like, what? What's I see these trailers. They're on a no. beach a lot. There's a beach. There's some woods and they're just having a great time. Uh so I had no expectations, no nothing. Just I just went in thinking, let's see the next Marvel movie that happens to be about some folks who may or may not be gods.
1: Yeah, this one I I can't get over how complex and big this story. This is a big story, and it's understandable the runtime for this, which I don't know if one of us predicted.
0: I think let me... But I'm going to let the, you go back on that and, and get the, back to yeah, us on that. Keep talking. I have the predictions.
1: So so viewers, I, I don't think this one's going to be widely accepted by everybody. This isn't going to be one of Marvel's popular, more popular films. Like, it's not going to be like your, you know, Captain America or Song Chi. Like, it's not going to... Or even like, you know, Black Panther. It's not going to come out strong on this one. I think there's going to be... I think this is going to have probably cult status among among the Marvel fans. Um, the story is very scattered uh, in terms of the heroes. Uh, it, I think, if I'm saying the best person to follow or what the story does is it makes you follow Cersei the most, and it kind of makes sense because she's kind of the bridge between, you know, how humanity, like her, the bridge, the connection between humanity and Eternals, and then kind of she's the middle central point. Um, the storytelling gets a little confusing throughout the movie. And from this point on, I'm going to get really spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't seen it yet and you just want to listen to us, hey, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, but uh, if you do want to avoid any spoilers, I don't think there's. it's hard to avoid them in this one, but uh, yeah, so from this point on, you've been warned, spoilers-heavy, here we go.
0: Yeah, Mom, you spoil <laughs> movies for yourself all the time, Mom. Um, all right, um, according to Google, the... Like official. official runtime of Eternals yeah. is two hours thirty-seven minutes. Ooh. It did not feel that long. No. Um you were definitely closer. You guessed 243. Oh! I guessed 206 because I was a oh. dum dumb that day. What were you on? I don't know, man. Um so that's two in a row, sir, that you have you have been closer on. Look at that. You're I have a feeling I'm gonna win. No way home, though, because I guess it would be longer than you. Oh
1: man! Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see whatever. So yeah, so the story centered around Cersei a lot, uh, and and her relationships and kind of everything. Uh, Overall, I think I think this is a good story. I think it is. The problem I have with this movie is it kind of relies on Marvel fans' knowledge of the Marvel cinema or like the Marvel universe. But the problem with that is is that because the cinematic universe is different from the comics, then how can you really base your knowledge on the comics? So you're kind of of stuck in limbo here. Um, But the movie does, I think what's interesting is, and I think the big thing you have to think about going into this film, is the tagline of this film, which is the end of an era, beginning of a new era. And so the kind of cool thing is, is in that statement, the movie kind of kicks off, kind of going into the history of Earth itself and and the role of the Eternals being... Like, it's kind of a funny play on words if you think about it. These eternal beings living through the evolution of Earth. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I, a lot of this was interesting to me. A lot of this world-building really hit me in the right places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what this was to me? This was... The, the MCU's equivalent of The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Wow. This was the big, thick, wordy, heavy, epic, biblical backstory that you don't necessarily need to read to appreciate Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But once you've read it, you know, when the elves start talking funny... In Galadriel's house, you're like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Because in verse 6, chapter 12 of Silmarillion, the elf Prince Feanor and his brother Fingelfin went to the top of the mountain and they said the same word. Uh, So it's a lot of that. It's a lot of just dense, crunchy world building, which I love. I think that's why of the four of us who went, I think I'm the one who walked away the most. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, our usual uh, guest co-host that comes on, Anna. She she was not a fan. We'll let we'll give her a chance to vent one day when she comes back on the show, uh, when she gets some free time to do that. Uh, very busy right now, but. Um, but yeah, she had some interesting points of view from her perspective. Because I, there are some things I agree with, and and I agree with you because I think they did try to do all that world building. But from Anna's perspective, which I agree, there's a lot of plot holes. Um, and I don't know
0: about plot holes. You... There's pieces missing, my friend. I'm sorry. Unless you can fix them for me right now, right here, right now. The only the only thing that I didn't understand 100% and I think it's just some fiddly thing with the powers that I didn't comprehend was how did Cersei heal her stabby stabby yeah um,
1: she woke her powers woke
0: man the, power, the force awoke in her exactly um, yeah, I wasn't sure how that went down mm-hmm. but I, I can't, it was either Anna or Isabella one of them said and I think they, they hit it on the head here this would have made an even better Disney Plus show Yes, because there's that was on so much ground to cover. There's a lot of ground to cover. There is now. I don't know if they could have. I see, I don't know what budgets are like for Disney Plus shows because the shows look great. I mean, all of Loki, WandaVision, Falcon, they all look great, but you need a blockbuster budget to do the things that happened here. Like, just the Celestials alone mm-hmm. is just. That, that was my favorite aspect of this whole thing, was seeing how the celestials work, and some of them are red and yellow, and there's a oh. the blue one, and the green one looked mean, and I'm just like, when's that purple one coming, we know he's coming, we know there's a purple one around the corner, just, just get him, just get him, just
1: bring him, I'll wait, I'll wait, I don't care. The visuals were stunning. Yes, they were. The power, the way the powers worked, each person's powers looked gorgeous.
0: And, I mean, I, I didn't think it would be possible to say this, but the MCU has somehow outdone themselves with costumes. Yes. I have never seen, like, every single character, and there's a lot of characters, every single one of them was an action figure collector's wet dream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true, though. They, they, look, like, they, they look like a true, true-to-form comic book outfit, which is kind of neat. Uh, the colors are very beautiful.
0: Icarus, like, I've never seen blue that vibrant. As yes. Oh. Yeah. And the suit kind of, like,
1: it's kind of one of those, like, it's kind of one of those superhero suits that does remain true to the comics. I think that if you were to literally translate, like, page to, to the screen, that's what a comic book suit will look like. It's mm-hmm. kind of this liquid armor kind of look. Yeah. Um, But, uh... Yeah, like the effects were absolutely stunning. The characters' powers were all just absolutely beautiful to watch. Um surprisingly enough, like though it, like a lot of people are commenting that Icarus kind of looks and feels like Superman effects-wise. Mm. Um he's not the most fascinating one in terms of powers, like in terms of visual on the powers. I mean, Gilgamesh was gorgeous the way they kind of did this glowing fist around his uh, around his own fist. Yeah. Um, a the- uh, or sorry Athena's weapons designs were just stunning, bomb. Yeah, yes. um, I think some of the characters that surprised me the most. Kingo actually brought a lot of gravity to the characters in a really fun, entertaining way, but still keeping the emotional weight. Yes. Um, and I also like uh, Makari. I mm-hmm. thought Makari uh, doing her version of storytelling was just absolutely just a joy to watch, and it kind of makes you
0: focus more, which was kind of neat. Did you have, like, going into it, was there somebody who you were expecting to be your favorite, and then did that end up being right? Yeah, I was
1: expecting Icarus to really take the center stage, but he doesn't. He kind of takes a weird, he doesn't take the center stage as much as you think.
0: He he takes the center stage, but he doesn't walk it in a straight line.
1: No, that's the thing, though, like, I think he doesn't, he doesn't stand firm in the center stage, whereas, you know, someone like Cersei does. Cersei's, yes. Cersei gets the limelight, and it's a beautiful, it's kind of a beautiful moment that she has. But, um, yeah, I'd say Icarus was the most surprising, like, the most surprising for me, because I thought he was, he's a big character in the comics, and he didn't,
0: he,
1: he's, he's an interesting one in the movie.
0: He is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in thinking Kingo was going to be my favorite, because I just love Kumail. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome. So funny. I don't know if you've ever met my cousin Ryan, but he looks exactly like Camille. Like picture Camille as an Italian man. <laughs> my cousin Ryan, like exactly. That's awesome. Um, and I loved Kumail, but I ended up uh, attaching the most to Makari. Oh,
1: She yes. was so
0: cool. Um, I, I loved Such her.
1: Such a fun, so fun to watch.
0: Yeah, running around, doing her thing. And she was, she seemed to be the, the beacon of hope on the team, no mm-hmm. matter what. Like you can't. Like nothing dampens her spirits, so I love that about her. Uh, I was also I should have known better, but I also went in somehow thinking Salma Hayek was going to be the main character. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was Gemma Chan. It was the lead, and like that's cool. I loved her, but for some reason I thought like oh, I don't know why. I I I guess because they said Ajax the leader, so I was like okay, so Ajax is going to be our. Our main we're gonna focus on her yeah Uh, but I like the direction they took with her and she was a really cool character too
1: so they they, she was the leader but yeah and and again reminder of spoilers here she was the leader but in the end she kind of dies pretty early in the story and Mm -hmm. then and then throughout the rest of the story she's like memories yes um
0: and I loved that I love that they went the route of like Godfather Part 2 where it's like here's some present-day stuff for a while and now we're gonna go back for a while, and then jumping around, it it mm-hmm. just been added to the epic feel of it.
1: Yeah. So the the movie starts off with um, with Cersei uh, being late for university. Um, kind of like I'd say the main principal story kicks off with her uh, being um, a teacher on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, they do kind of get to one of the first missions of the, the Eternals, and it's very brief. And then she ends up like, oh yeah. You know, giving someone the knife. By the way, uh, one of the things people were betting on when the Eternals arrived was that beach scene with the Macedonians, or Mes- Mesopotamians. 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 Um, that particular scene, people thought were Atlanteans.
0: No. Yeah, they're just some Mesopotamians hanging out on a beach. Yeah, fighting like, a deviant.
1: That's it. And and then that mission kind of ends very quickly. Um, and they kind of there's a little moment there. Then it kind of goes into present day with Cersei, and then we're introduced right away to a character I actually thought would have a little more storytelling, but they kind of served as a more of a cameo in yeah. the long run.
0: He just bookended the movie. He yeah, know. he's
1: kind of a bookend. Mm-hmm. He's the beginning and the end of the book. Um, but the interesting thing is, is they already like they do the Marvel thing, which is like they're like. By the way, that's Black Knight. Like, yeah. like you know like as a comic fan you know the name so you know who it's gonna be and literally that's all they do they're like hey that's his name and then at the end by the way he's Black Knight do
0: you, <laughs> think, do you think he wants to be a ranger of the north I oh, think he is I think Ooh. he's gonna be a
1: he knows how to sorry
0: can you I, do that voice for the rest of the podcast
1: <laughs> god no um, I know how to do it uh, anyway but I, I love that he was there because he has such a critical story with Cersei but that's the interesting part is like essentially they establish their love story and that's it. That's all you get from him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that he is, he is literally uh, Cersei's little, you know, side piece.
0: Ooh, that's exactly <laughs> what <he's gonna> said. <laughs> I will say this about Dane. He's the first time in any Marvel movie that I've ever seen a proxy for myself oh, on the screen. Oh, interesting. Uh, because when he tried to jump that fence and he's like, nope, stairs. I'm like, that's me! <laughs>
1: So, it, I mean, he's a, he's an interesting character because, like, again, he, he does kick off that love story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, his overall arc is weird. It's weird throughout the movie. Um, and it kind of serves a weird purpose. But, yeah, I think it's because he is the legit connection between Cersei and humanity. Like, yeah. through, like, I talked about how Cersei is a connection between Eternals and humanity. But, you know, for her to, like, love, love humanity, he's that rosetta stone i guess or whatever you want to call it that that focus that focal point um so yeah that was interesting and then they kind of so what happens is it kind of becomes a magnificent seven experience where they go and find the other members uh pretty early on and the deviants they do a good job of explaining what the deviants are i think in a really simplistic way they do this Kind of side scrolling, or sorry, the text scrolling Star Wars thing at the beginning of the film, and ex- mm. and do a perfect job of explaining literally what the deviants are. They crave on intelligent life. They are the anti-life. They they just like to consume it, and then they give them much more purpose later on in the film.
0: That sounded like a DC reference, sir. I am I'm teasing the DC reference yeah. in this one. I am because, because
1: they're going to cross over. In the well, movie.
0: no, because Jake. I knew it.
1: No, because Jack Kirby. Um, uh, when he designed uh, the Eternals and all those the celestial gods and stuff, that same art style went over to DC at one point because Jack did, did the new gods there. Yeah, too. he did
0: the new gods. Yeah, whenever you want gods in comics, you get Jack. That's, yeah, you get, God, you get Jack. You get Jack. You get Jack. You call Jack up. You're Jack, you're and like, yeah, I need the king. You know, it's a good, it's a
1: thing. Um, and so yeah, so there's a similar design reference. Although my brother brought a, brought up a good point. Um, speaking of Celestials, uh, is that they kind of went like uh, Chloe and the design team kind of went for a more organic look because, um, like, my brother was saying, the one thing he loved in terms of Kirby designs was Guardians and Thor Ragnarok because when they make the reference to Celestials, you could tell they 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 really do homage to Jack Kirby's designs. Wow. But this one was kind of like. The same. It sounds bad, but hear me out. It's it's kind of this what it's kind of like what Michael Bay did with Transformers. They're less boxy looking and more like human, organic looking.
0: I I understand. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it uh, because Michael Bay took very simple designs mm-hmm. and overcomplicated them just for the sake of realism. Yeah. Um, like, to the point where it didn't really work because every Decepticon looked like every other Decepticon. But I I don't know what the the uh, Celestials looked like in comic form. They're more boxy looking. They're more boxy? Okay. Here, at least, maybe it was the color coding, but it was mm-hmm. like, it never looked that... Like, they were my favorite aspects of this, was the Celestials. Like, oh, give me more of those. Yeah. So I liked the way they designed them, and I, I, I thought that they were... Scary. I love that the first time you see what's his name, Alathon. Aleth- what's the big guy's name? Oh,
1: Ar- 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 it's like Aramis or something Ar- like that. Ar- Arth- Arth- he's, he's, it's he's, like Aramis, yeah, it's something like that. Ar- Aramis,
0: there's like a th in it. He's a big deal. Th- I, I should be remembering this, but yeah, anyway, he's like their boss, he's like the god of gods, yeah. And he, I love that the first few times you see him, he's so big that his. Like, you're looking at his nose area, and you see Ajax just, like, this big on the screen. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, that, that was a cool
1: scene, though. That was, I will admit that that visually looked oh. really cool. And I, I feel like they're getting the audience ready for certain things. I, that's what I feel like this movie was. It's an exp- whether it succeeded or failed, it's getting the audience ready for, like, some pretty epic space stuff. Um, very mystical space stuff, I think is probably the best way to say it. As I as I, as I was telling our, our little group of friends, the space gods. Yeah. We're getting into, like, space gods and magic and religion and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, but, like, the, the design was... It was cool to see that effect and that scale. Like, it, it, I think they really played with scales a lot. Mm-hmm. Because Celestials were massive. And like, the, just huge.
0: And you see Tiamat and he you know, at first you're, you're thinking like, oh, is that his head I'm looking at that, that's coming out of the water, that giant thing? It's like, no, that's his thumb. Ah, that's... Uh, we'll, we'll get to that, we'll yeah. get to that. But yeah.
1: Okay, so, so we talked about expectations going into this film. And we talked a little bit about storytelling and we kind of introduced the rhythm of the story. So next thing I want to talk about is the relationship of the characters. Uh, int- every character gets kind of like a spotlight moment, an introduction, if you will, but one thing I do, do think I love about this film, if I were to like extract it piece by piece, is the relationship of the characters. Yeah. The chemistry, the acting, the dialogue, it's all there. It's all there. Kingo is really fun to watch. Uh, I actually loved how introspective Droog was. I think he was kind of an interesting, quiet character. But he, when it's his time, he really pulls things in and makes things very twisted. Um, and, and it's, is really fun to watch. Uh, and then, um, Angelina Jolie does a great job with Thena. She seems very, um, very destroyed, Mm -hmm. distraught. Uh, very, yeah, just very broken, uh, which is an interesting part of her story. Do they take it far enough? I don't think they give you enough context to really go far enough. There's a scene, so we're... As we're going back in time and learning about the different missions and the evolution of humanity, there's a scene with Dino where they talk about, you know, how she's been alive for so long that she's gotten this disease that's like breaking her mind essentially. What's
0: it called? It's like mad mind or something? Yeah,
1: mad mind or something like that.
0: It sounded I, I loved how the name of this thing that she had, this affliction sounded so like innocent and childish, it's like mm-hmm. I have a head boo boo. Like it was like a word like that. <laughs> it, yeah. sounded, it sounded like in Cloud Atlas with the way they talk when they're in like the far future. <laughs> yeah. like you speak the choo Uh I wish the. It's like I have the mad pox. Ah, why can't I remember what it's called? But it's so. It's such a cool little word.
1: Yeah, it was. I don't know. It's it's like a D word or a U word or something like that. But it was. But yeah. But and essentially, her mind is degrading, and and she goes into this like super kill mode, but. Again, going back to the relationships, her and Gilgamesh have a beautiful mm-hmm. kind of relationship without it being an actual intimate relationship. It's just a very kind of affectionate friendship. Okay. I think it's the best way to put it. I
0: think that is a good way to put it. When we first saw them on the beach, I was like, those two are doing it. Mm. Um, but, but they weren't. They weren't. You're right. Afterwards, when we saw it and we got peeled back some layers, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're just... They're just hanging out in Australia having pies.
1: They're really protective of each other, I think, which mm-hmm. is kind of which is kind of very beautiful. Um, speaking of relationships, Cersei and Icarus uh, definitely a relationship in the comics uh, at one point, and uh, of course Cersei has a relationship with uh, Dane Whitman as well. Um, and we get a love scene. Nice. How, what's the, how long has it been since Iron Man one? We get a sex scene. It's
0: about time. <laughs> I feel like we have been waiting an eternity Oh, yes. wow <laughs> now I, I remember you saying many moons ago mm. uh, that of all the actors in the MCU the one you have the biggest crush on is Gemma Chan Gemma Chan so it's like F- they Fox. knew they knew they were like Ryan's gonna be watching this we should, if we're gonna do scene we'll just we'll just throw him yeah.
1: this and uh, they just imagined me as Mad Mac- or uh not, Richard not, Madden Richard Madden yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, like okay, so but going back to the relationships, yes, uh, Cersei and Icarus have a beautiful love story, I think mm-hmm. it's well captured throughout the entire film. Yes, um, because you really understand the journey of the relationship they have, and you like there are points where you can like you know if you've been in relationships, you kind of have those moments, and and they're they're really well done. Um, I also love the relationship between uh, Makari and uh, Droog. I think that's a kind of a fun mm-hmm. they're kind of just mischievous and and they're you know it's one of those things where they're like we're in a relationship but we don't put labels on it like it's kind of that rebellious relationship kind of attitude which is kind of fun uh and the humor was so well done it yeah. it didn't it didn't break the flow of the movie it wasn't it wasn't forced it was just very natural and it fits so well um so I love that and and like I said um uh also uh yeah, so Makari and Droog. And then, of course, we have the relationship between, not like any intimate relationship, but the friend relationship between Kingo and Sprite as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fust- Fustus has... Uh, Faustus? Faustus. Faustus. Yeah, he has relation. He's kind of like the, just the paternal figure of mostly everybody. Um, uh, and yeah, so all the characters have wonderful relationships with each other. Uh, and they're very well done. They're told very well. It, that's where the story gets kind of convoluted though Because there's a lot of principal characters In this story There
0: are apparently there were In the first drafts even more There were 12 of them And they whittled it down to 10 Because Chloe Zhao said some of them were redundant And yeah. it's like you know everybody's getting less screen time So she just kind of consolidated uh, Which I think was smart Makes sense Yeah because you have 10 plus Dane Plus Kingo's buddy And uh, Like that's, that's a good amount. And especially Mm -hmm. because we're meeting all of them for the first time. Right. Um, But the, the way they interplayed off one another was the cornerstone of the, if that did not work, Eternals would not work. Right. But they got it. They got all those crisscrossing relationships you mentioned. It was all laid out there in front of you. It all had layers to it. I love that the plot of this was essentially, we were rock stars once we got to get the band back together and do one last concert. Uh, but, oh, psych, the concert is going to be bad news because some drama happened in the band. There's you know, a, a little bit of a Yoko tossed into the mix now. What's going to happen? Uh, and I, I think that that is, you know, we always talk about how every Marvel movie is a different thing. Captain yeah. America is a political thriller, etc. To make this one, uh, let's put the band back together, biblical story, uh, like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Chef kisses everywhere love it um i I druig i was worried about druig because i was worried going in that he was going to be the the villain and he's going to be like oh snap in the third act i betrayed everybody um they were kind of pointing in that direction with a lot of the promo material for some reason mm-hmm. and i was worried because i'm like that sounds way too much like the inhuman show yes. even looks like the guy who plays maximus
1: nah, yeah yeah so
0: I'm like, no don't do that uh, but luckily, that's not where they went at all, and Druig was cool.
1: He's kind, of, he's kind of like the character that kind of makes you see the shades of gray. Yes. Like, he's always doing the shades of gray thing, which could make him easily look like the villain, but he's not. He's not the villain in this one, no. um, which is interesting. We'll get to who the villain actually is. It's me. I'm the it's one. totally Fantasia uh, the whole time.
0: And I have, um, there, there's a handful of actors that I, they just rub me the wrong way. You know, oh, this very no. small handful of actors who, is it? who run me the wrong way. And one of them is it Richard is Angelina Jolie. <gasps> um gasp. Yeah, there's there's just something about her, the way she talks, the way she carries herself. I'm like, you don't talk like a normal person, there's something off. Uh but i loved her work in this movie. Mm-hmm. I I loved how Thina was kind of a weirdo, you know, like she's she's the one who's kind of in the back of the room, like looking at her at her hand and like playing with a knife or something we're just like we gotta keep an eye on her i love that i love that they made her yeah she's this like cool warrior and she looks awesome and she's got these light swords again fantastic (laughs) it looks gorgeous
1: when she does it yeah (laughs) so good uh
0: but like and that would have been a baseline that would have been enough but on top of that they added like oh yeah she's also kind of a nut like she's she's like drax if drax was less cuddly and more dangerous, and a woman, and a woman. So like, it, it, so like Gamora. <laughs> it's like she was, she was so, you know, she was this ticking time bomb, and she's just out there in the corner, like, <laughs> and that I liked that they they did that with her, mm-hmm. and it gave her this extra little pop that I thought mm-hmm. really made the character work. Yeah, no,
1: very true. Um, So yeah, I mean, like the the characters, I think the real gem of this movie is the characters, the relationship of the characters, Mm -hmm. which in a lot of interviews, if you watch it, that kind of what everyone's alluding to is the the relationship. Because one thing I'm noticing with the Marvel movies now is they're heavily focusing on like the theme of family, uh, which will play, which will be interesting when Fantastic Four comes crawling around because that's the central story of Fantastic Four as well. Uh, so they get into the space god story a little bit. So deviants start attacking out of nowhere again. Um, but what's interesting is they start getting Eternals powers. Um, Mm -hmm. and that kind of makes it, you know, makes the story a little bit interesting. Now, when it gets to Ajax talking to Aramis or Aramathy or whatever, whatever space god's name is. I'm
0: going to look up his name because it's bothering me, but I can't remember. It's like
1: Arathis. Arathis, something like that.
0: I'm going to stick with Arathis.
1: So Arathis, uh, she goes to talking... Talking to him, and they explain the whole journey of Celestials. Now, what's interesting is is that Ajax gets killed pretty early in the film, as we mentioned before. R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, what ends up happening is this like gem comes out of her and goes into Cersei, and then she's able to talk to Arathis, and she learns a little bit later in the film that um, you know uh, Celestials decide to create. Eresham. Eresham. That's his name. Yeah. There we go. Erishim, uh decides to create these creatures uh, who have the ability to evolve and live a very long life. And they started to evolve to becoming predators and eating intelligent life. But um, celestials need intelligent life to create the energy required to create more celestials. That's, that's the explanation of the story they're going for. Cersei learns about this history uh, and learns that the Eternals were created without the ability to evolve, um, but they're 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 created with the ability to be like super powerful. Like essentially, they created like a in like a and D game a level 100 hero. Um, so the hero can't grow anymore in terms of experience, but the hero is like super powerful. And their job is to wipe out the deviants. So after the planet amasses enough intelligent life. They uh, The Eternals defended from a deviant, so they can keep amassing and getting enough intelligent life to acquire the power needed to create Celestials. Interesting story. I'm going to buy it. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, they, and I think it's kind of a fun way to build off of these Marvel characters. Um, the kind of interesting thing here I find is that, and this is my problem with the film, is because they didn't go far enough with that. <laughs> they kind of explained the origin of Celestials, but they didn't they didn't go past purpose, um, and the movie does foreshadow that a little bit. Ajax talks about, you know, hey, you guys are super powerful. You did your job. Go find purpose, and tell me what you find afterwards. Um, celestials, yeah, they, you know, they're they're going to wipe out humanity. You know, bada bing, bada boom. Get more celestials. Life is happy. Everyone, you know, circle of life moves on. Uh, and that's kind of the general feeling with Celestial's role in this. Turtle's role had a bit more interest to them because you kind of get a better story of, like, essentially why they were created and, like, what their purpose is. Um, and then thus creates the conflict is that Cersei's like, okay, we got to stop them from, you know, essentially creating the Celestial that's going to blow up the Earth. Which, to me, got interesting because I'm like, The whole premise is is they want the Celestials to consume intelligent life enough to create a Celestial and then they, you know, they move on and create more lives and more planets to create more intelligent life to create more Celestials. So Cersei's like, nah, I ain't about this. We're going to stop this. And then Celestial God dude's like hey, no, you need to let this happen because there's a balance to life, which is interesting. I think that's going to play a big role later on. Mm -hmm. There's a balance. Uh, And so she's like, well, no, we're not going to do that. I I ain't going to be getting rid of this life. So I'm like, okay, well, if you can't let life live, then you need to let death come. So I thought there was kind of a nod or some sort of kind of, subtext to galactus well yeah because galactus is a celestial
0: yes he's a big purple one and he yeah. erisham said right at the end you know not to jump ahead but he's like i'm gonna judge I'm gonna look at your memories and i'm gonna judge this world mm-hmm. and i'll determine whether it's worth saving and i'm figuring if he determines no that's when he calls his purple friend and he's like hey. yo
1: send your herald
0: and galactus is like new phone who dis um <laughs> I want to uh, talk about the Deviants for a minute. Yeah. Because I was on the way here, I was chatting with Tiago on the phone, and he had just come back from watching this as oh, well. And we were okay. chatting about it for a bit. Good timing. And uh, yeah, I, um, you know, again with the Deviants, I had no idea what to expect. I went into this movie though just based on what I read about the movie, expecting Crow the Deviant to be our main villain. Yes. Um, and I guess he was ish, but question mark. The thing is takes a long time for crow to show up yeah And by the time crow shows up we already know about tiamat Mm
1: -hmm. and at
0: that point it's like okay you're a big celestial who i mean you're a big deviant who talks now great but we have bigger problems yeah there's a thing growing like we dude like we we got shit to take care of we we don't have time for your tentacle juice um so i thought that was an interesting choice of having crow kind of be spotlight as this villain early on and i i'm sitting here wondering if the movie could have been better served without him in it
1: yeah that's what i'm kind of thinking too it needed more of a centralized point and it doesn't have that because again what you think is the villain isn't the villain to which we could get to the next part which is who is the villain and the real villain here is icarus because icarus learned of the truth before all the events of the whole movie takes place um and he ends up killing ajax for it he's like yo because uh, ajax explains the same thing she's like i've been talking to super space god dude and this is what we are this is why we exist blah 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 and icarus is like well i, I live for the mission and now you're telling me the mission's a lie and it's this whole thing and he gets really upset and he ends up like Feeding her to the deviants, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of makes Icarus the villain. And then it becomes the final battle scene is is essentially, you know, them versus Icarus. Uh, and again, why do they hate on like the Superman beings, guys? Like, what happened to
0: loving Superman? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. get it. He, he looked cool every time he did yeah. his yellow eye thing. I was like, yes, yeah, more. Uh, I thought yellow was a great choice for his eye because yeah. they all had golden. Aspects to their powers, yeah. Um, and I think if I remember reading right in the comics, he has red vision, and they yeah. were like, "That's too superman-y mm-hmm. And I agree, I like the gold better.
1: They did say though that like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's you know the effects are a lot like Superman." And Chloe, Chloe, and Kevin Feige, and all that kind of did a nice dodge of the question. Well, they, sorry, they kind of answered it in a really nice poetic way. They're like, "We respect all superhero genre, like all superhero types of movies." And you know you might find there's some nice homages to other superhero films, so I like that. It's you know, kind of a nice. You one. know
0: what? That's nice. That's a nice, classy, professional answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my answer to that question would be like Warner Brothers. If you hate it so much, why aren't you fucking using Superman? Oh, <laughs> you have Superman, and you're like, no, we're good. No, we'll do no, Batman. It's okay. I want to make another Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Warner Brothers executive. <laughs> so, if you're not going to use them, why don't you give them to people who actually know how to play with their toys? Oh, oh my God. Where have you been?
1: <laughs> I love it. All right, so, yeah. So, Icarus becomes the villain. Uh, the final battle is, is just an all-out... Just, yeah, awe. It's it's beautiful. amazing. Uh, and the fight was really smart. And... and there was kind of clever ways of how they defeated the villain um, yes. in that way. Uh, in the end, it was the power of love, you know, defeats, love. defeats the villain. Uh, but it's cool because they do reference the Unimind, which is something the Eternals do. They, like, put their souls together and they become one supermassive being. And this mm-hmm. one, it's a little more just a yellow, a bright light,
0: essentially. I love that visual, though, and mm-hmm. the music that they went with. Ramin Djawadi composed music. Yes. With, and uh, it's beautiful uh, that was one of the most gorgeous sequences of the movie. Yeah, and you know what I haven't seen in a movie in a long time, and I was so happy to see it here. Mm. A volcano. You know how long it's been since I've seen lava in a movie. <laughs> Bagba. It's been. I we we got too worried about gritty realism, yeah. and we forgot to have fun with lava.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. And and it it's a great. It's a beautiful landscape for sure. Um, and yeah, so. The fight scene's really cool. Sprite also kind of has an interesting story arc through this whole thing. I think there's a beautiful scene with her and Kingo. And he kind of does a really cool analogy
0: in explaining her
1: relationship with, with Icarus.
0: And you know what's so weird about that? Is mm. I'm literally looking at her mm. in that scene before Kingo opens his mouth. I'm looking at Sprite and I'm like, she would play an awesome Peter Pan. She looks just like Peter Pan. Yeah. And doesn't he friggin say,
1: yeah, he have you ever the- read Peter Pan? He's like no because like he essentially says she's Tinkerbell yeah. and she loves Peter Pan but they can never be together and it's and and they do foreshadow sprite's story in the very beginning like with Cersei. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting it's kind of interesting how they do it and I, I like her story I do because I, she's like deprived essentially she's deprived of the full experience of living a full life because she's only at a specific age mm-hmm.
0: um, which was a, a really rude thing for What's-His-Face to do to build her that way, yeah. Um uh, By the way, do you know who voiced Erishem? Was it Bill Sarsgaard? Uh, no, that was Crow. Oh, that he was, was right. Crow, okay. Erishem was David Kay, who you might remember as Beast Wars Megatron.
1: What? That's oh, my
0: God. Megatron was in this movie. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the original, original mate. Yeah,
0: the T-Rex, wow. yeah.
1: Oh, I love that Megatron. That was one of my favorites. Um, sorry, I thought you meant like generation one Oh, Megatron. Frank
0: Welker. No, yeah, no,
1: no, no, no. Um, but yeah, okay. So again, I think, I, I think as a Marvel fan, if you're going to go into this film, don't worry about the lore. Do not even think about it. Because what this movie is all about is the relationship between the characters. Um, and, and the deviants are just kind of uh, a means to an end. Literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of interesting. And this is where it gets interesting. Because the end, I find, is kind of neat in a weird way. So, because one, I think they're testing the audience. Because literally, the Celestial that comes out of the planet at the end, Cersei does her job and she ends up transforming that Celestial into ice, I imagine.
0: I think it was rock. Because ice would melt and cause floods. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's stone. Uh, Let's leave it
1: at that. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. But the scale, the scale oh, is interesting. I love it. And I, I think they're teasing Galactus. I really think they are because they're really testing what the scale of the villain is. Now, what's interesting, too, is that thing was pretty freaking massive. So, it's gonna, what I think is going to be interesting is it's going to impact the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the sense of any film in the future. Like, you can't... Like for example, if the X Men ever show up in the MCU and they use their Blackbird, as soon as they fly like north, north, yeah, north, maybe north, I don't know. It well, st-
0: looks like they were in the Pacific with all those volcanoes. So southeast. Is- ring of fire there. Yeah, south.
1: Yeah. So if they fly south, they're gonna they're gonna cross it pretty easily. Yes. Like it's it's pretty massive.
0: And I love that. It's like remember in the in the Tick when Chairface starts writing his name in the moon and they stop him and then but the rest of the series there's the letter C H on the moon it's like that like it's going to be there forever yeah and, and you're it's right. huge it's, it's so big and i love that it just the idea that it's there now it's yeah. just part of earth there's a landmass that looks like a big dude and i guarantee you you know who uh, is not happy about that oh Namor. what are you doing to my ocean bro what's Ooh. this you put a man did you kick your statue in my yard yeah. hello
1: Freaking surface dweller and uh, <laughs> or space
0: dweller in this case. He is going to be fear when he comes out in Black Panther two. so He's going to Wakanda is going to be like, hey, what's up? Welcome to M- Wakanda. Who are you? And he's like, I'm the pissed off dude that you guys threw a big ass rock shaped man in my uh, in, in my my backyard. What's up with that? And Wakanda's like, Wait did <laughs> I don't know what that. That's not us so I,
1: I i wholeheartedly agree i i think the oceans are definitely impacted in this movie in in great way they talk about glaciers melting they talk about a whole bunch of things um so Neymar is going to be an interesting character with the with the effects of what's going on in the mcu thus far mm-hmm. um so then what happens is is that you know cersei and talk about burke at bookend cersei rendezvous back with dane whitman who throughout the movie she has one conversation with him <laughs> And they're setting up Black Knight fairly quickly with very little context. Like, beginning of the movie, you know it's him. His name's Dane Whitman, and he teaches, like, history. In the middle of the movie, she's like, you should talk to your uncle, which is, like, the key to his origin story completely. And at the end of the movie, we get to him in, in the room. And I'll explain one other teasing factor. There's a scene with Athena where she's going through Macari's stuff. After Athena,
0: s- she'll be very mad if you don't Sorry, drop her Sorry, God, mm-hmm. Athena.
1: There's a scene with Thena where she's in Makari's room after Makari's been living on the ship for God knows how long and collecting all these artifacts. She picks up a sword and Sprite goes, oh, is that the ebony blade? Clearly teasing the Black Knight because that's what his famed sword is called, right? And she's like, no, it's the the Excalibur. Then fast forward to the end of the film. um, Oh, I didn't even get to one of the other parts. So in order to create the Unimind, they need the tool that connects them to space god named
0: of uh, Eragorn er, son of Arathorn. Hold on.
1: <laughs> Eramethis or Aramathias er or Aramas.
0: Why why is it so a easy theist. to forget these words? Something like that. Not a theist. Hold on. I will I am going to look this up even if it kills me. Erishim. Erishim. So,
1: erish, so the the tool to create unimind is the essentially the the gem that allows them to communicate with that guy <laughs> and what happens is is uh, Fustus breaks it down and creates the tools they need to create Unimind, which ends up being redundant anyway mm-hmm. um, but uh, that space god dude comes to earth and he, there's a shot where it kind of starts off as if Galactus is coming clouds come in weird lightning starts and then as you zoom out there's a bunch of meteors over the planet so for me I'm like oh my god is he, has he finally sent Galactus and then that, this is, like, going to kick off Fantastic Four right out of the gate. But I'm like, that's too soon. It's mm-hmm. too way too soon to do Galactus. Um, so what ends up happening is uh, the space god dude's like, look, and, and you talked about this earlier, uh, hey, you know, you, you prevented this, but, uh, you know, now I'm going to take a look at all the memories, and I'm going to see if, like, I'm going to test humanity to see if they're worth saving. And,
0: and he takes them away. He takes away Cersei. Yeah. Who else was left on Earth? He took away a few, like whoever Fustus. was Faustus. that's right. Yeah, because he's living there. And I guess Kingo. King, Kingo, 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 yeah,
1: Kingo, yeah. And so they, they go and they get, I think they get their brains reset as well. Um, and they go. And then Dane Whitman uh, is just like, what's going on? Because he sees Cersei get flown into the, the air. The other thing is, too, everyone saw him. Everyone mm-hmm. saw a Space God. So they're all running around on Earth, which is funny. Like, where would you run to, like? guy that size these poor
0: people where like, are you gonna they, go they've just had like this snap trauma
1: are you gonna take spacex and just like just go around the orbit like what are you gonna do
0: they come back from snap trauma <laughs> and it's like oh hey what's up covid's a thing and <laughs> yeah. now they're just getting over that when giant red space face shows up yeah and a guy comes out of the ocean and he's bigger than life these people in the mcu earth must be just like can we move
1: yeah can
0: you That thing. yeah so please.
1: So anyway, so then it goes back to Dane, um, and he's just like, what happened? What happened? And then the movie's pretty much done. Like, it that's it. Yeah. And so then we get the credits kick in, and the first end credits scene is really interesting.
0: It is. Um, it would have been more interesting if the theater had kept the lights off.
1: Oh, yeah. Because the
0: thing about Eternals is it's... The lighting is very natural. Very natural, very dim, and I'm not always a huge fan of that. It was fine here, but sometimes it can go overboard, like Solo, the Solo movie, and it's like, turn on a freaking light, please. In the movie. In the, yeah. Um, so here it was dim, and it like some parts were like in the Amazon. I'm just like, what's happening? Uh, but the ship, the, the, the Domo, is very dark. Yeah. And this scene takes place there, and they had the house lights on. So I think I saw what I saw, but I'm, I'm just like squinting the whole time because I, I really couldn't get a good look at what was happening.
1: So, major spoilers here again. Uh, if you're gone in this far, thank you once again. Make mm-hmm. sure you're following and, uh, and subscribing, mm-hmm. um, leaving comments, and stalking. And stalking. Uh, so, here's the interesting thing. So, they drop Pip. And Starfox, which is interesting. These characters are pretty big in the kind of late 70s, early 80s run of the Avengers. Uh, and Star Fox has a lot to do with the Infinity Gauntlet, um, which kind of is irrelevant now because that was the entire first, you know, chunk of... Fa- that was like four, the first four phases, so... Yeah. so three, 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 three phases. Three phases. Yeah, that was the first three phases. So um, I, was, I was looking up what are the things he's been involved in, and I was reminded... That he's been involved in the Shiar Kree War, uh, which is interesting, uh, and that war um, he ends up playing a role in, and through those events he also causes the Secret War. So kind of interesting though, because you do have the scroll, uh, the Secret Invasion coming up, and you also have potentially a teaser for Secret Wars coming up. A couple teasers for Secret Wars, a couple pieces of evidence. So it was kind of interesting to see that. Um, Star Fox looked fantastic. His costume is pretty close to what he actually looks like in the comics.
0: You can see it okay? A little bit, yeah. Literally all I saw was a floating head, and I'm like, I think that's a guy.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's, uh, it was the musician Henry Golding, I think his name is, or whatever. Um, anyways, so that was interesting. And Pip, Pip was supposed to help kick off Infinity Gauntlet, so it's nice to see Pip in there. Uh, who I believe was played by Patton Oswald. That, that sounded was. like his voice. He was.
0: Yeah. That I was more excited for Pip because he—he's. I knew about Pip as a character. Like he was from the Silver Surfer cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh, it's Pip the Dwarf. That's neat. Uh, even though I never would have in a million years expecting him to show up. Yeah. I remember there was like a whole bunch of stuff online of people talking about this dude and what playing it means. Star Fox. Yeah. And I'm glad you're telling me this about like what he's involved in. Because every time I heard that, I'm like, I don't know who this actor is, so who cares? And I don't know who this character is, so who cares? Yeah. Um, And, you know, they made it like this big deal, like, look, who's here? It's Star Fox. And I'm like, who? Um, And why is he not purple?
1: Good question. Why is he not purple? That's a thing. Mephisto confirmed! I knew it! (laughs) um it, it's interesting because because fox is an eternal star fox is an eternal they established yeah, that because he's got the little bead and
0: thing uh-huh. and
1: thanos is a deviant uh he's kind of a half deviant so Ooh. it's kind of an interesting thing there um but yeah interesting interesting in credit sequence not sure what it means yet i still don't know where this is going personally uh i still have to do some research check out some other fellow hardcore fans see what they're saying um the the actually the end credit sequence that fascinated me the most was the second
0: one. yes yeah same because mm-hmm. uh there's a bit more familiarity to that and there was build-up to it because that's sword man there's yeah, something about a lave. sword wrapped in bandages like a mummy like a mummified sword and then there's um, magic mummified. words that appear on it oh yeah um i just i love the magic aspect so much more than the cosmic aspect yeah. so anytime we start getting to magic i'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i loved it i thought Kit harrison did this great job with with dane where he made him this sort of like not a coward but mm-hmm. he's just like flustered all the time and i, I like that
1: i think he's kind of like the average joe that's yeah. like thrusted into this and it's it's really interesting um
0: it's a nice change of pace because he was way too stoic as Jon Snow so it's nice to see him play something a little different
1: I think he's going to be like the Indiana Jones of Marvel
0: yes
1: is kind of what I'm what I'm getting a hint of here so the last thing credit scene got or everyone what you kind of see is you see him open a case with his family crest on it which was uh the gift it was a gift that was given to him at the beginning of the film for his birthday party Cersei gives him a ring it's the original ring of his family crest, um, and he opens it. And he, he, sorry, he opens a chest with the same emblem, and he lifts it up. And lo and behold, pulls out the Ebony Blade, and he's about to touch it. And he starts to hear voices. Uh, there's a weird message that says, "Death will come" or something like that. Uh, death is death is my reward. Death
0: is my reward.
1: Yeah, uh, which is true. Ebony Blade craves blood, um, and it's kind of one of those things where he will have eternal life as long as he's killing people. That's the way the ebony blade works. That's scary. Yeah, but if he doesn't use it, it'll take away his life. So it's kind of this weird struggle of life that as long as he uses the sword. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's the case, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's what it is. So it's an interesting thing. Um, but I love the setup there. Then we hear a voice, which to, at first I thought was Nick Fury, but then you dropped, I think, who it actually is. I think and it's Kang. Think it's Kang, which makes sense because this movie's about
0: time. Yes. Yeah, so that's very, and I mean, he is the long game as far as phase four is concerned, right? Is Kang. So I think that's a safe bet. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think Black Knight's powers involved kind of hopping around time and, you know, some magic dimensions and stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense to me uh, because I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that uh they're not in any rush to make Eternals 2. I don't think there's
1: any sort of push or demand no. at this point.
0: Because it feels like everything that it's building with, you know, Black Knight is his own thing. Um and even the big cliffhanger ending of like I'm taking the Eternals and I'll be back, what Erasham says, that that could his return could be, you know, an Avengers level thing, like Avengers five or, you know, what Fantastic Four even. Like it's it doesn't have to be Eternals 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I like that aspect of it. I know there's something cool about it. Knowing, not knowing, but there's something cool about not having it spelled out. Like there's going to be a trilogy of these because now it's like, okay, there's all these characters. And they're all going to branch off. And we don't know where or when we'll see them again. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Uh, the only... like. Maybe the Star Fox thing could be in Eternals, too, because that seems rooted in their world. Yeah. But everything else, Black Knight, erisham it could really just touch the other corners of the MCU.
1: Right, and it, here's the interesting thing. So, talking about loose ends here. First of all, I think it's Makari, Droog, and there's a third one. Uh, sorry, Athena. Uh, Makari, Droog, and Athena. Mm-hmm. Or, Athena,
0: she's going to be so ah, mad. I'm so mad,
1: yeah. Um, They are on the ship and they didn't get their brains reset. They didn't even see the space god dude. So they don't know what happened to Cersei, Faustus, and... um, Kingo. Kingo.
0: And And, Sprite, I guess, she stayed behind. Yeah, but Sprite's
1: human. Oh yeah, but she still carries the memories, right? Yeah. So so there's that too. Um, So so there's a couple loose ends here and I think Fox is going to help that. A couple of interesting players that need to be addressed that might help this story further. Doctor Strange mm-hmm. in the Multiverse of Madness. He could, he could have some things that can tie these things together a little bit. Um, and then, of course, Guardians Volume 3 oh.
0: because
1: we got Adam Warlock.
0: That's a good point, man.
1: So I think he's going to help clear up some space there as well and tie, tie some of these things together. And then um, I would like to say the Fantastic Four, but Space Gods are a little out of their realm. They deal more on, like, ego, like... Mm -hmm. You know, like, more scientific stuff.
0: That makes sense. But, like, when I think Galactus, I think them.
1: True. I mean, of course, they'll deal with Galactus. And they could deal with Celestials as well. um, Which would make sense. I I think on an MCU platform, yeah, I think you're right. You could do it that way. But I don't know. Personally, me, right now, if we're talking about the now, I think the next stories that will help Eternals move forward and kind of, again tie up some loose ends is definitely multiverse of madness and definitely guardians of the galaxy
0: especially because multiverse of madness seems on track to be the civil war right? yes like the avengers light movie right the one that's yeah. it's not really called avengers but it's got so many in and it, it might as well uh it, that looks like that's what doctor strange is going to be so yeah makes sense Put as many people in it as you possibly can.
1: So, so we're going to see where this goes from here. But uh, yeah, so those, in terms of movies and trying to connect all those movies, that's where that's going. Mm-hmm. There's also a reference to a tablet that uh, Macari has been looking for. I'm kind of curious what kind of tablet that I, I want to look into Gosh, that.
0: Gosh, this Jade tablet they keep bringing up.
1: I thought it was the tablet of time for probably like a good thirty seconds, and then I I, then I'm like, nah.
0: And then Silvermane's gonna come and Silvermane, Spider Man. They call it
1: they call it like Tia Tia Malut or something like that. Um, But there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion as to why they keep bringing it up. I gotta look into it. I don't I don't know enough about that Marvel artifact or if it even is a reference to a Marvel artifact because sometimes Marvel will say it's something and then allude to it being something else just to kind of throw people off the trail.
0: Yeah, it might have been arbitrary too. It might have been just there to set up the fact that uh, Macari likes to collect stuff Mm -hmm. because that comes into play with Dane Whitman. Exactly. It might have just been there to set that up, in which case that's fine. Um, Did you find it odd that Kingo was not a part of the final battle at all?
1: Mm, I don't know. I don't think it was odd personally. I actually yeah, I think I'm gonna go with no, I don't think it was odd. Because I think what what's interesting is this movie, one of the kind of subjects it tackles is it's okay to have different opinions. Mm-hmm. And and some people take part in it, some people
0: don't. Right. So yeah.
1: so I'm not like hundred percent like, oh my god, like why wasn't he fighting? But I'm I'm kinda like, okay. You know, if that's how, it's, it's kind of like one of those feelings of, like, if that's how you feel, that's your opinion. Like, but, you know, obviously, they're, they're trying to say, like, I don't feel like you're you are doing the right thing here. But I'm not going to, I'm going to respect what you, you know, I'm going to
0: respect your values. Yeah, you're right. It, it's its not something where I was like, this is, why is he not here? This is BS. Uh, it was just, it was so strange because I'm, I'm watching this fight and I'm like, yeah, everybody's teaming up on Icarus. I'm like, wait, no, everybody's not. The kingdom's not here. And I was trying to remember, like, what did he say when he, when he left? And it, you're right, it is that sort of thing that this is a very personal, quasi religious thing for them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, their connection to Erisham. And I love how beautifully that was spelled out with Ajak and Icarus, mm-hmm. where he was so zealous about it that he was like, no, we cannot go against Erisham, and I will kill you if you try. And she like it breaks her heart because she's like i I turned you into this, I raised you this way, and you know I raised you to not ask questions, and that was my fault. that was so cool, so you're right there there are these these paths they're taking that are so spiritual, and that was kingo's sort of thing. It's just like i this feels wrong to me, I can't do this, but I'm not going to stop you. I'm just going to enjoy what time is left with these people because I have grown to love them mm-hmm. so that that's it it's jarring that he's not in the climax just because we're used to that in comic book movies. But the more I think about it, now, the more beautiful it is. It is. It's, out there. That's it's so cool. It's well done. Um,
1: but yeah. So overall, that's the you know I I feel like we covered a lot of ground. And like I think this movie thrives in its relationship with the characters. Try not to get too wrapped up in the details of the lore. I think there's a lot of hidden gems here that maybe they're holding back for a reason or we might just I, yeah, holding back for like future storytelling, but overall i I really feel like what what you will appreciate is is again the characters themselves and the relationship the, the kind of dialogue and stuff they have with it. Everything else is kind of just formality in a way of saying like there's there's a battle there's a battle of good and evil that needs to be fought. And who's, who's good, who's bad. And that's kind of interesting here. And they do talk about that. They talk yeah. about the, the relationship that they have. Are they good or are they evil? Um, so overall, I do think it was a past Marvel film. Like, I think it was a good Marvel film. It definitely deserves to be a part of the echelon of Marvel films. And, and it deserves to be within the rankings. Does it rank fairly high as a Marvel film? Personally, me, I don't think so. I, I think that I think it's good... I think Chloe <laughs> I think Chloe did a great job but it it tries to tackle very complex stories with the Eternals and at the same time it's not working with a full deck. So it's kind of you're kind of you're kind of trying to figure things out and I think the movie wants you to feel that way but at the same time it doesn't give you all the answers. So it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing I had with it. So I think it's good. I think it's a possible film. Do I think it's the best film? No. Do I think it's the worst? No. I think it's somewhere in the middle.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I really liked this one. This has been my favorite Phase Four film so mm. far. Um, it was it, it hit a lot of right notes for me. I love the world building of it. I love the epicness of it. I loved all these characters. I loved how I kept getting surprised by them and mm-hmm. how they were going to turn out to be, which was nothing like what I initially assumed they would be. Um, I want more celestials. I want a whole scene that's just celestials talking to each other and every one of them is a different color and they're like, well, let's talk yeah. about planets. Uh, I don't know what they talk about in their spare time. Their mm-hmm. lives must be pretty dull. <laughs> um, I I think that I because I went in expecting zero familiar mcu like i was never expecting like i wonder if thor is gonna pop up like n- that was never a thing mm-hmm. so i didn't have any kind of disappointment of like we didn't see anybody familiar uh it was all new people and i liked that i liked that it was just fresh ground and i can't wait to see where they all mm-hmm. pop up next because we know they're, they're, the eternals will return they said so in the credit they, they did too. say that
1: they did say the eternals will return which i thought was really interesting um. And it,
0: it said dot 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 and I thought it was going to say the name of a movie. And I was really, really. Yeah.
1: It's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting for yeah. sure. I think that, um, I think the final thing I want to add to this is, um, is for me. Oh my God. I almost lost it. One second.
0: I lost something earlier too. And then I found it. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I, th- I think that, uh, the interesting thing for me here is with Eternals. Yes. It says the Eternals will return, um, but they didn't say when. They didn't say where. And I, oh, the big thing I learned about this film is I only saw like one, maybe one or two trailers and one clip and I had, knew nothing about it. But it was interesting because when I went into this film, there was no boxes for me to check off. Usually mm-hmm. when I go see like a Captain America film or an Iron Man film, I see the trailer and already there are key scenes they put in the trailer that make me go, okay. And then in the movie, I'm like, okay, we saw that scene. We saw that scene. We saw this, so we know this. In this movie, I didn't have that. No. I did not have that at all. Like this movie, I was literally a passenger in the car. And Chloe was driving that car and and being like, Hey, welcome to the world of eternals.
0: And that was such a giddy feeling. Yeah. You don't know where that ride. Like literally, all the trailers gave me to take away from was there's gonna be a lot of stuff on a beach and a lot of stuff in a forest. Mm-hmm. That's yes, it. That's it. And and I love that the beats of the movie aren't showcased right mm-hmm. there in the trailer. I think, I'm going to say this right now, I'll heap some praise on Chloe's out here because she deserves it. I think that judging by what she did here, Mm -hmm. she is the right person to finally do a big budget adaptation of a Cthulhu movie. Uh, Because Guillermo del Toro has been talking about doing one for like 50 years and it's like, dude, if you're going to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she can do it. Interesting. She she nailed in this movie she showed she can nail big characters both you know emotionally speaking and physically speaking like huge characters whose finger is the size of you know half a continent and like cosmic strangeness and making it all cohesive and interesting and making me care about everything Mm -hmm. that's a tall order and Lovecraft stuff is notoriously known for being hard to adapt to film but I think she can do it I think she can visually tell those stories mm. and make it comprehensible.
1: Yeah, I mean, can she do big st- like could she do an Avengers kind of level story? Hell yeah. I oh, think she's yes. I think one thing she did really well is demonstrate her ability to handle multiple characters cuz she does a good job with that. Mm. I think what I would like to see more is a more grounded story from her. I hate using that word because like for example, when people say I'm going to do a grounded Fantastic 4, I just like cringe. But but what I mean in this particular context is I like give her a story like Endgame and mm-hmm. see how he, she could like, really push the relationship of these characters. I think she thrives in the dialogue between characters. Like Icarus and um, Icarus and Cersei was beautiful. Yeah. Um, Droog and, and Macari was a great relationship as well kingo and sprite all these characters that i mentioned earlier about relationships, gilgamesh and thena was was amazing ajak had a relationship with every single character and all of them were uniquely genuine um and so that was really interesting and so i think that's where she thrives but this whole celestial god thing and like the backstory was kind of missed and that's where the struggle i had with this film was kind of missed but I, I think that's on purpose because I don't think Kevin Feige wants to rush this phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as the film suggests, it's the end of an era and it's the beginning of a
0: new one. Yeah. Uh, and I think To bring back full circle to the Silmarillion reference, I think, and tell me of you agree, but I think if any Marvel movie so far has deserved the Peter Jackson, let's extend it a bunch on DVD treatment, it's this.
1: Yeah, I think I think we can expect to see a super extended edition. It's like a four-hour cut. But uh, am I happy that we have Chloe Zhao and, and, and that she did a Marvel movie and it was The Eternals? Yes, I'm super happy she did it. I'm super happy they took the risk and they did a movie of this scale because now you can now continue to go very weird with Marvel, which with something like Thor in the beginning, that's what we kind of said, like, go weird. Don't be... Don't do Thor in New York, because we've seen that. Like, we've seen enough heroes in New York. Thor in Asgard is interesting, because there's more to the Marvel Universe. And that's what this movie proved, is that there's a lot more. Like, a lot. Like, a biblical sense of the Marvel Universe.
0: So On a scale of zero infinity stones (laughs) to six infinity stones, or a whole gauntlet! How many stones are you giving it? I'm going to give it a four four stones four stones all
1: right chloe i love your work i think you have you scream potential but like i said one of the problems i have with this movie is the backstory you were you went you you delivered on some key concepts but the overall the why of this like why is the story here i don't think you quite captured it for me and it's not your fault i think you you were given a very you you were very excited to do this story and it was very complicated um, but there's there's lore missing that needs to be told and to give give better context. And that was my issue with it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. There is a lot there. Um, uh, I really hope they give it the Peter Jackson treatment on Blu-ray, because that would be sweet. Uh, or digital. And you know what? That's a nice incentive to buy movies. Uh you know, yeah, Disney Plus you'll get Eternals, the normal version, but if you really want more you get the, the extended cut, I will gobble that up in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, I went 5.5 stones. <sighs> yeah.
1: 0.5? You went for a half a stone this I time, I went too. for a
0: half a stone. I think that there's a lot of ground to cover. This is very epic. They did a lot of great things with it. I, I, it is long, but I think it could have been longer. and Maybe, dare I say, should have been longer. And that's not me coming from my biased place of Andrew Loves Long Movies. It's me coming from, there's a lot to talk about. It's a big story. It's a big story. Uh, and, you know, this is movie 26 and we're meeting 26 new people. You kind of need to to give all these people room to breathe. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's where I think it just loses me a bit. It's just like, Yes, give, get more in there. Show me what these people are like, um, it, and give it that space to kind of really stretch and be what it needs to be. Because uh, some parts did really still feel restrained to you know the norm, the mm-hmm. cinematic norm of it's got to you know don't make it too long because we don't want to scare people. Uh, so, but overall, I thought it was a great motion picture, and it was uh, everything I could have wanted this cosmic biblical story to be uh the tolkien levels were reaching critical mass and that makes me happy 5.5 mm-hmm. stones
1: interesting stuff and uh there's a lot of characters to add from. oh my god <laughs> we got icarus we got ajax we got uh you've got Lucari. 10 eternals yeah
0: you've got dane and then you've got the two people we meet in the post credit scene
1: mm-hmm. like pip how- and uh, starfox yeah
0: 13 oh and Arish, Air, Aramish. Yeah. Uh, that's 14 crucial characters. Maybe 15 if you count Crow. I don't even know if we should because he's not really a big deal. He's a deviant. He's a deviant. Mm. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot. 15 mm-hmm. is a, a lot for, and like, two and a half hours sounds like a long time. It's not when you have to introduce 15 characters who have never been introduced in a 25 film established world.
1: Right. So. It's a lot. Um, but now, that being said, what's next? So, at the time of this recording, which was done immediately after Eternals, um, we now have the big Marvel event coming up on November 12th.
0: Oh, that, that event, yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a... Sorry, two couple, couple big yeah. events here. So we got the Marvel event that's literally coming up next week on November 12th. We have... Um, We have Hawkeye coming up at the end of the month on November 24th, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we go into Spider-Man in December, and then we're on a bit of a hiatus, uh, as far as we know, till May, which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
0: I think it's safe to say we'll get Ms. Marvel before Doctor Strange. I have a feeling that might be the case. I do, I do. Maybe She-Hulk. Who knows? Because yeah, like that was Miss Marvel was supposed to be like December. Yes. How much could they possibly need to delay? Yeah. Um, could be timing though. It could. Yeah. It could be timing. Maybe they felt December was too crowded, which makes sense. So we have that five-month gap. Throw her in. Put her in March. I think that's a great place for her. Put her in March.
1: Yep. That lousy March weather.
0: That lousy March weather, and then in a week <sighs> from today. We'll know the cast of Fantastic Four, you called it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going think to happen. And you're going to start they're teasing, they're
1: teasing some big things in Eternals. I, yeah. I will tell you that. Just If you look at the scale and scope of that film, they're teasing some big things. Um, and I think it's very strategic, That why the why. And so make sure you guys go see it. Um, as Marvel fans, if you're a hardcore Marvel fan, you will just love it. Mm-hmm. If you're... Um, yeah, I think if you're a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, you I think you'll get a little bit more out of it because you just you don't know what's going on, so you're going to just focus on enjoying it more. Um much like this guy, like you're just going to you're going to really just kind of focus in and just really enjoy it. I think if you're kind of a casual fan, like if you're just, if you kind of just in and out with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't think you're going to get it. I really don't think you're going to get this one.
0: I don't think so. I mean, you could theoretically be a you could go to this movie not knowing about the mcu yeah and you wouldn't be because confi- it's so off the charts um that it doesn't even zoom in on mm-hmm. anything mcu related except you know once in a while they're like thanos was a thing
1: yeah oh and there's the avengers they lost this person yeah
0: years. other than that you know, I could take a, a grandparent who's never touched an MCU movie to see this, and they'd be like, "That was a nice story about Bible people," yeah. uh, and they, they, you know, because it, it's so removed from everything else, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree. It's 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 an interesting one, guys. This is a this is an experiment. I think it's a much necess- a very necessary experiment, but it's interesting. All right, so. Eternals. Eternals.
0: That's what it was. That's what it was. R.I.P. Ajax. R.I.P. Gilgamesh. Icarus killed himself, right? Yeah, he flew into the he sun. He flew into the sun, just like his names or the namesake that was named after him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the sun could kill him because he's so powerful, but I guess it- it's, it's the sun. sun. R.I.P. Right. <laughs> uh, Icarus. He was uh, he was a good villain. I liked him. Yeah. yeah. And R.I.P. This episode because it's over. But like R.J. said, we got some stuff coming up. And we've got a special coming up that you are going to love. So look out for that. Where can people find you, Ryan, when you're not doing this?
1: You can always find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. Always giving you the latest Xbox games. Super exciting. Uh, We've got Forza coming up, which is going to be pretty cool.
0: Forza Zuri! That's what we Italians say when there's a soccer game. Forza Zuri! And you can find me um, fighting a deviant in the sex chamber under my house (laughs) you can find me you can find me on uh, Instagram uh, and on YouTube and where I am talking about films and other things like that and on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network as well I just put out my final review video essay on No Time to Die uh, which uh, the lesson we took away from No Time to Die is how do you end something that's never ended before Mm -hmm. and I even in that video Ryan bring up Very briefly, the possibility of the end of the MCU. So that might be something curious people might want to hear about. I bring it up briefly. I'll probably talk about it again in the future because it is something that's always on my mind. But yeah, that's that. And uh, that's this episode of Infinity Rewatch. Until then, we are eternally grateful and have a marvelous day.